0: Hello, welcome back to A Perfect Union Podcast. My name is Nathan Gangadine, and I'm accompanied with my co-host, Ashok Gangadine, as always. And today's episode is called E Furious Unum, Welcome to the Golden Rage. The uh, title is clearly playing on words here. You've heard of E Pluribus Unum, you've, uh, which means in many, one. It's one of the um, core principles of de- of our democracy of the United States of America, but democracy in general. We the people. It's the code of nature, you know. As I was saying an episode or two back, you know, clearly reality loves diversity, and its oneness is so badass it can handle it. It can handle ostensibly infinite diversity. Look at nature. Look at people. Look at the universe. Look at the cosmos. I mean, we, we that's the pluribus, <laughs> the difference, the variety, the diversity, the many, pluribus. And unum. Unum is not a normal kind of one, which is more of a homogenizing one. It is a all-inclusive, uh, infinite one. It's an infinite one. It's a different kind of one. It's a it's a very different kind of one, in fact, because the one that we're used to and, and including the unity that we're used to can have, as I said, uh, more of a homogenizing sound to it, meaning the same one. We're all one means we're all the same. And while there is some truth in that, there's, there's, a, there's a unity in our sameness as humans, let's say, there, there's a, a major danger in using that word the same Because that same is the homogenizing factor I'm talking about that does not allow for the sacred diversity. So playing off of E pluribus unum, of course, we have E furious unum. Why? Because, you know, fury, anger, rage, uh, really has a bad rap in our culture and in society and for good reason. Because we we tend to associate it with flying off the handle, (laughs) losing control, violence even, you know, um, and those kinds of things. So we have a very... um, you know, uh, we have a love-hate relationship with this, with this emotion that is, that is quite powerful. So we want to hold space now as we continue on this journey of a perfect union and welcoming us all to the promised land of we the people, the free people, um, and this higher level of democracy that the planet has been striving towards. We want to hold space now for you to own that fury a little bit. Fury. I like the word, we like the word fury, furious, uh, you know, like nature can be furious, right? It's something, it's a, it's an aspect of nature that brings things to balance and, and, uh, and and the human version of that. and, And it's one of the things that sets us, uh, apart from perhaps most other or all other species on the planet. Um, is this, is this deep in touchness with justice, this, and, and therefore, uh we know when something is unjust, unfair, it's not right. And when something is not right and it's not righteous, man, does it get us, it can get us riled up. And again, when it's that 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 energy, think of it not as good or bad necessarily. It's just powerful. It's natural, it's it's creative, it's big and it's it's uh, too hot to handle sometimes and and we want to hold space in these uh, this episode and the coming episodes for you to get in touch with that a little bit in in a, in a spirit of love in a spirit of not judgmentalness and not you know anger at anybody but you you know to get in touch with that that fiery aspect of your soul which knows when something is not right because it, it that that energy and that that innate sense of of justice and then therefore injustice uh, is is one of our gifts and and it, and it can guide us, It can be a guide. and we want to dive into uh, why we should be furious right now with what's going on. I mean, look at what's going on. The danger we run right now is in getting complacent and get and normalizing. okay? So there's a lot there was almost like this continuous onslaught to the sacredness and the sanctity of the founding principles of our nation, not just e pluribus unum, but, but we, the people and, and and uh, you know so just these sacred, just sacred space and brotherhood, sisterhood, decency, civility. You know these things are just being trampled on. Integrity, for God's sake. I mean, I, without pulling up examples, I will just say there's countless examples of this on the scene right now. Always have been, but it's just sort of run amuck and run wild. The now and it's rampant. And we run a danger of kind of shrugging our shoulders and being like, "Yeah, well, I guess this is what's like now." And that's very very dangerous, and we want to we want to stay in touch with our fury is code for truth, fury is code for goodness, righteousness, goodness, truth, and 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 well being. And we're protecting that. We're we're being protectors of that, and we want you to be protectors of that too. That would be how I at least would would introduce this this uh, welcoming you to the golden rage. Of e furious unum in the in the spirit in the righteous spirit of of standing up for the sacred, um, and when I use the word sacred, some people have an aversion to that because it's so closely in, entwined with with uh, religion in a lot of people's minds. But I want you to also just like we're taking the word fury back or rage back from from its negative associations. Not to say that if it's, if it's um, associated with religion that it's negative. I'm just saying if you have a, 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 uh, an adverse re- a response to, that, to the sound of sacred in that context, I would just ask you to reclaim what sacred means in this journey that we're on today also because the sacred, that word, I have found very few words if any word that says what sacred says. Which is something that it's like our bodies are sacred. Uh, we all deserve our sacred space. You know, you don't impose upon another person. You don't. You don't objectify someone. Why? Because of the sacred. You don't destroy nature. Why? Because of the sacred. You don't mess with democracy. Why? Because it's sacred. So this this uh, sacred versus secular division that's in our culture is now is not helping us. We need to take both secular and sacred to a higher place where they are pluribus unum. So let's, let's get, uh, lovingly and playfully furious together here and get in touch with that, that awesome power, uh, that is, is so, so central to our human nature. Those are my opening thoughts. Dad, please take it and go.
1: Wonderfully done, Nathan. You, you your voice really <laughs> flows Musically, in the E Furious Unum, the Golden Rage, because you, you, it's, it's right. And when we say that there's love rage, heart rage, courage, core rage, core in the French, heart rage, uh, not, not judgmental, not indignant, but what we've been holding space in all of the episodes one through nine and now in this podcast or even playfully call it godcast you know we're, we're we're seeking to human up our media from the google media social media into a source media the media from the source and the playful invitation to to be furious and why well let's zoom out a bit and think of of moses at the burning bush bringing the law of god down to the people if Moses were coming down to Philadelphia now, think of Jesus overturning the tables at the temple. Hmm. When there was fury at the invasion of the God space, the sacred space. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine if Buddha were here after 2,500 years of saying, dude, let's end the suffering, remove the arrow of suffering, which is ignorance. Let's become awakened uh, humans in enlightenment, which is rationality. Socrates, about to drink the hemlock and be executed? Why? Because of the rampant sophistry in the culture all around us. And he's saying, no, this us not give up on logos, right? That's it, that the highest sacred aspect of the self is is a rational being, to leave the caves and come into the light of wisdom, right? Our 1776 founders. I mean, you, so across the planet, Lord Krishna coaching Arjuna on the battlefield to rise into the yoga technology. Right. imagine if these elders were here now along with our 1776 elders, with Jefferson, with Ben Franklin, uh, with, with George Washington as in his farewell address, and the other great uh, elders, men and women, at the founding. They were tapping into this European enlightenment, the enlightenment of reason, coming out of the sem- 17th century awakening of rational indulgence. What if they were all here now and looking at the scene, in the American scene, now 240 plus years later, are we, have we liberated ourselves uh, into the one nation, Unum, under source, the source of logosphere? Are we in the logosphere, the land of the logos? Right, the logosphere. We saw in our last episode that the land of the free is not a geographic location in the ego mental Google space. It's much deeper and more powerful. It's a land of awakened intelligence, of persons. When we become persons, it's a collection of that's the republic. The republic is not an ego-based institution. It's a sacred space. And you beautifully pointed out that we want, the the civic space of democracy is secular. Which means what? It's not lodged in any one religion or even ideology. But then secular is sacred if we really rise into the space of awakened reason. The space of deep dialogue. Open-minded persons, each unique and diverse, because this unum can hold us all together. So the theme you're raising is sometimes when we're in our conversation, not, and I hope we can hold this. When no, these conversations in this podcast, right, is when no one's listening, right, so to speak. Why? Because we want to really let it go, and in our heart to hearts, we do become furious. It's, what's up with this already? I mean, imagine our elders were all here—twenty-five hundred years, two thousand years, 240, 50 hundred forty, fifty years—and look at the, the scene, folks. It's time. Come on, come on. It's time to become a little bit heart rage, love rage, compassion. Buddha's point about compassion, Jesus, love one another. Yes, but love can be tough love rage. If, because why? Because we're at the edge of aborting the holy experiment. Right? And uh, any mindful citizen now listening to our founding elders are the call to become awakened citizens under the law of Logos, the Logos law, the ultimate principle of reason. And whatever name we use now, when we call it Yahweh or Allah or Brahman or Om or Buddha, Dharma, whatever, that's the Logos. It's Unum Pluribus. It's Unum. And the, the furious Unum, uh, you know, Pluribus Unum, furious, is that, you know, there's a certain uh, a moment when we say, okay, come on, we're, the ship is going down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The ship is going down. We're in danger. We know that. And people know that. And so, so We need our better angels. Let's speak to our better angels. Who are our better angels? It's us. Right? You don't have to make it uh, spooky. It means you're an awakened person. Right? The call of all the great uh, scriptures, religions, enlightenment teachings is, folks, get out of your caves. Get out of your ideology. and I, That's a theme I hope we could pick up in a moment. Right? Oh, oh, uh, one of our episodes is The Land of Ideology, A House Divided. And these are all topics. In 1776, yeah, yeah. In our 1776 Now series, right? And we have such a wealth of topics to develop. And what we're doing now is improv. We're doing improv uh, conversation, right? So we're not hamstrung by any structure, or, but we want to let, let the dialogue flow. So I think you opened it up beautifully. And I'd like us to, to, to let's allow ourselves therapeutically in rational therapy because people don't realize that you don't, you're not automatically a ra- rational being. We say humans are rational beings, but we're not autom- automatically rational. Rationality, to be really activated, requires coming into uh, an encounter with the Logos, the source of reason. And you've got to turn on the lights. And that's when you become a, an awakened rational being. So there's like rational intelligence, right? Just like emotional intelligence, there's rational intelligence. And we need that to become a citizen and an officer of logos in order to sustain a democracy. So I, 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 I pass the baton back to you, Nath. That's my response to your opening. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. And and yeah, I would like to, as we as we uh, proceed into the next episode, to to zero in on that rational intelligence and and but picking up on the e furious unum golden rage uh, point, just to bring it home to you guys. I noticed I said the word righteous and righteousness. That's another one of those words that's been um, conflated with this idea of self-righteousness, right? <clears throat> so if somebody is being righteous, therefore, they, they, there is no other option but for them to be self-righteous, right? Because there isn't actually anything higher. There isn't actually anything righteous. There's just self-righteousness. In other words, truth and rightness, righteousness is an opinion. It's a matter of perspective. You know, you've got your idea of what that means. I've got my idea. And we do this thing in our culture that's very common, very common. Once you start to notice this, guys, you'll notice it everywhere, including in yourself. Because it's just—it's not something we get explicitly instructed to do or think. If we absorb it in in our interfacing with the culture around us, mom and dad, and brothers, sisters, school, uh, media. You know, we we don't realize how much we're we're getting between the lines. And one of the major things, as I've become more rationally awakened in understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, how um, we have a tendency to unconsciously and subconsciously believe that there's no actual truth. It's all just a matter of opinion. So your idea and this person's idea and that person's idea, it's all a matter of whoever, whatever each person feels. But see the contradictoriness of that if in the next breath you're going to say, that person raped another person and that is wrong. Because by your own stance, and I know this is an extreme example, but it needs to be brought out because... There's a glaring contradiction, which means what? That means we're not rationally sound. If there's a glaring contradiction such as, oh, it's all opinion, and then the next minute you righteously state that what this person's doing is wrong, how can you dare say that it's all opinion? Or conversely, how can you dare say that that there is there's wrong, right? Unless that you know that there is right. So So, you know... It, pushed to each person's, uh, l- limit, is going to have to come to face that there is truth. There is right. There is wrong, but we are so used to conflating truth, the word truth with the idea of facts conflating, meaning you kind of smush them together and you don't really realize you're making a big blunder there. That truth. Here's my point. Truth is something higher. Truth is something higher than any one sentence or interpretation or expression about the truth. It's just like reality can have many different perspectives, but reality is reality. Reality is not something that we um, control and direct, yet that's exactly the default human level of rational intelligence that we find ourselves in. And that's what leads to our violating of ourselves and violating of each other even if subtly even if it obliviously we can uh because we're buying into this idea that there is there is no real actual truth there's no actual higher reality that we have to answer to enter the arrogance or what i like to call american's uh in this, in this uh the case of america american's is what it's it's almost this arrogance um that that we can afford because of our affluent, relatively affluent society, it's almost like it allows us to be like, I'm just going to choose my own reality off the menu. I'm going to make my own little reality. And if you don't like mine, Hey, it's a free country. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. We've got the whole idea of free country all mangled and we've got, and we're, and we're uh, again, oblivious to sacred space. And so we can say it's a free country and say, you know, my, my freedom to swing my arm stops where your nose begins. You know that kind of idea is so distorted in terms of our idea of freedom. And as I'm saying this now, I'm realizing this deserves a whole other episode, which we'll call arrogance, um, which is not just in America, by the way. It's just that America is a shining example of this kind of arrogance of of like you know reality on my terms, basically, right? Because otherwise, there is something higher. That we all have to answer to, no matter what your party affiliation or your religion or your ideology or your background or your nationality, everybody is equally accountable to this higher reality. And that's the sacred right there that we are violating, if even in our ignorance and obliviousness. So, um... So in other words, in closing, I would just like to say before hearing your closing thoughts, we're already coming up on 20 minutes. I just want to say, guys, that kind of fury is a fury that comes from rational intelligence, which is what we're going to dive into next. Rational intelligence is not something that's granted to us automatically, but something that we must step into as a matter of duty as a person anywhere in the world. We have a duty to step into and step up our rational intelligence. And, And that's where the real... Um, righteousness comes from, and the real furious unum, and the real golden rage comes from that place of of of, of seeing from that from that place so there is truth, there is good, and there is right, and we are all responsible for meeting in that higher place. Um, and getting across our divides, uh, ideological divides. So if you would like to add a closing thought uh, as quickly as possible, Dad, sorry to take so much time. Uh, or,
1: no, no, we'll, we'll have time to go on. But uh, as we follow up on this now, that's beautifully what you did, that w- what you just opened up is that there at the deepest level of the Logos, or whatever name, you, whether Yahweh, Allah, Yo, uh, uh, Logos, uh, Buddha, Dharma, whatever name you use for the infinite, the infinite is infinitely one, and you can't get around it. And if we've seen in our episodes one through nine that the, the evolution of wisdom over 2,500 years in our rational intelligence, that rationality is a global uh, source of all human beings, whatever name you use for it. And that is the unum, the unum pluribus law. In principle, that's a source of truth. So when Jesus, for example, saying, I am the way, I am the truth, or the Buddha is uh, teaching us the four noble truths uh, from the source, source truths. Or 7076, we hold these truths to be self-evident in the logos, right? That's truth. But, but our human development is really still in a prior code, a Google code, an information-based code. Where That comes back to my will, how I see it, my interpretation. Most people don't, aren't sufficiently aware that we have a lens, that we're interpreting everything in our life. And I call it lensativity. When you begin to become aware that lens, you've got a lens and the other person has a different lens. The other religion, the other culture, the other science, the other discipline, the other liberal arts, they all have different lenses. That's lensativity. And that's when dialogue begins, real dialogue, dialogos logos in the logos. So many rich themes here to follow through on that. And I'd like to show why Socrates, for example, died. If you're not in the logos, you're in opinionism. That's my my my, my interpretation, my view, my belief. That's truth. And that doesn't tap the deep objective logosphere, the logos truth. So I'd like to pick that up in terms of getting rationally intelligent. So uh, that's going to come next. Well done, Okay.
0: Wonderful, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, guys. Come back for more.